0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Be Bullish podcast. I'm Alex Ely, CIO of the U.S. Growth Equity team here at Macquarie to go over the news of the day, what matters and what doesn't, and how we can really help you become a longer term success when it comes to investments for your portfolios. Um, My team's goal is to create wealth in a diligent way. That's what we're hoping to do. That's what we're trying to do. And and we approach that by looking over the long run and trying to find disruptions within the market today. Disruptions are really when a a better, cheaper, faster way of doing things comes along and an industry continues to migrate to that new way of doing things. That's the creative destruction process in action. And it's very exciting to watch play out. Um, Now, typically, these, these disruptions are not upended by short-term issues, or by external macro events. Typically, they are able to continue on because of the efficiencies they provide and because of the productivity gains that can be garnered. But people can get sidetracked, and they get sidetracked often by the business media and what they read about short-term developments in the markets and what's happening. And, And really, it's because the business media has a different agenda than you are than you have what they're trying to do is they're trying in essence to use fear to sell you commercials. And this comes in two different ways. Either they're creating anxiety that you're missing out on the upside or they're creating anxiety that something big and gloomy and bad is about to happen on the downside. And either way, you tune in and forget what you're invested in uh, for the long run as you embrace the short-term worries of the day, which which typically, as I mentioned, don't really matter for longer-term investments. So what are good examples of these when it comes to anxiety on things that, uh, that you're missing on the upside? This year so far, it's been the meme stocks and cryptocurrencies. We've been on this podcast several times expressing caution in respect to investing in in these different vehicles and and what they mean over the long run. First off, with meme stocks, these are in essence companies that get pumped up by social media where groups of people band together, typically on the retail side, to try and increase the value of a particular security. And I, I don't look down my nose at this, it's just recognizing that this is gambling when you're trading this way. Longer term, companies will come back to the fundamentals that they have underneath and trade based on those fundamentals. Shorter term, anything can happen and risk can be traded, but you have to recognize you're being a trader. And all I can say is how many people that you know are are billionaire gamblers or billionaire traders versus billionaire investors? That's why investing is where you want to be. In respect to crypto and cryptocurrencies, which are now down around 50% across the board, um, we've been cautious on these two. We've mentioned continuously that countries wouldn't want to give up the sovereignty of their currency, that you would see more regulation. And boy, has it come down the pike. Every week, we're seeing uh, new things come out, whether it be from China or India or from our own politicians. And what they worry about is they worry about money laundering and they worry about tax evasion. within these, because they can't see everything that's going on in these markets. And as a result, they're asking for more regulation. And that's dampening uh, the prospects or the optimism within the cryptocurrency markets. Uh, That said, I think regulation would be good for these markets. I think it would legitimize them. I think it would create more liquidity. And I I think it's an interesting event that will definitely come down the pike. Uh, you've probably heard the old adage of, of buy the rumor, sell the news. Well, this can go in reverse where people are selling the news that there will be regulation down the, down the way, and then you buy it once regulation is imposed. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Either way, we've been very cautious and continue to be so on cryptocurrencies as well as the meme stocks. On the other side of things, it's things to be worried about. Things that, uh, on the macro side, typically that that are falling apart or causing problems uh, that you should be of, of deep concern about. This year, uh, for most of the year, it was concern about higher rates. Rates which bottomed last summer at about fifty-seven basis points on the ten-year T-bond got up over one point seven percent earlier this year, and people worried that as a compete competing asset class that, in essence, more people would be wanting to invest in bonds, in equities, and that would be bad for equities. At the time, we said that this was an external event that should be ignored, that rates from a longer-term perspective weren't that high. And that's certainly the way it's played out as rates have now come down to about 1.25% much lower than where they were before. In fact, people are now worried that rates are too low as opposed to too high. So uh, a switch in in view. And the point of of pointing that out is just to say you can often have anxieties that are presented that don't really affect the market. Okay. now for the news that, that does matter for the markets today. The first off is the change by the Fed. Uh, The Fed has been talking for weeks now about the possibility of tapering their quantitative easing policies. In essence, they're buying up uh, bonds across many different bond markets in order to, in essence, create liquidity and get us to the other end of the pandemic. They've also kept Fed fund rates uh, at 0% uh, now since the pandemic began. Uh, they 've they 've also talked about that as well, and they 've said they 're going to be increasing rates a couple times before the end of two thousand twenty three it doesn 't sound like a lot because it isn 't, but it 's something to pay attention to because what it signifies is the end or the coming end of easy money. You see the Fed uh, promised unlimited support, those are their words, of, of the bond markets, unlimited. And now they're stri- starting to pull back on that, uh, first by verbiage that's floated in the media, then by some commentary on their on their meetings, but eventually you'll see them in full swing, pulling back on quantitative easing and pulling back on support of the markets, which is a good thing. That, that means there's, they think the economy can can do well enough on its own and it no longer needs the Fed to to bring it along or carry it along. Uh, That said, what you'll see is a negative narrative will begin to develop as well. And the negative narrative will be that we're awash in liquidity, and that's the only thing that's kept the equity markets up. And now that liquidity will be taken away, that the markets should go lower and the corrective corrective action will ensue. And people will talk about that as, as a real worry. Again, this is something that we would discount the major disruptions of the day will continue on. Just think about them. All of our currency, all of our banking, all of our healthcare, all of our medicine, all of our content, all of our food, uh, all of our business models being improved by software as a service. They're just huge disruptions that are out there that will continue regardless of these short short macro macro concerns. The other major issue out there is the reopening. It's been clunky. I think a lot of people were optimistic that once we got everyone vaccinated, we would spring back to normal. It's been difficult. A lot of industries and and companies are having a tough time getting back to normal after they essentially closed their businesses. Companies like cruise lines and casinos and hotels, it's very tough to staff and to move freight. Uh, and to to get the logistics right to reopen things. So in essence, the reopening has been a little clunkier than people would expect. It it will continue, it will happen, it just takes time. But that said, there are also certain traits and things that people have gotten used to that they'll continue to do. Whether it's hybrid working or e-commerce or mobile banking or virtual healthcare, uh, these disruptions will persist in spite of the fact that we've been reopening. Okay, on to our topic of the day, um, which is the SIN stocks, or in essence, alcohol, cannabis, uh, gambling names. We often get questions about these companies, particularly because cannabis and gambling in the United States has only become a viable investment area over the last uh, couple of years um, as we've seen more and more legalization come down the pike. When it comes to alcohol, um, not much is happening we, other than the continued diversification of alcohol offerings that are out there and the decline that we're seeing in beer consumption. The one area of strength that we see is in hard seltzer. Hard seltzer is perceived to be better for you because of no gluten and less calories and lighter flavors and so forth. So we've seen strength, um, that a, a strong trend there. But other than that, not much happening on the alcohol front. On cannabis and and gambling, it's very interesting because you keep getting more states approving cannabis or gambling throughout the country. And we expect this this to continue, Um, not just because they're, they're both being more accepted, but also because local municipalities, states, even the federal government needs more tax receipts and they can get it from these areas and while that's a good thing in the respect that it opens up the markets for these companies it's bad that in that there's always a shadow that more taxes will come down the pike um, now both of these industries will be oligopolies in the in the end and typically oligopolies are good uh, oligopolies being in essence four or five players are, are owning, uh, 80% of the market plus. And you would expect this to happen. You could see it in many other industries, whether it's cigarettes or coffee or soda or potato chips, you get a handful of players that dominate the markets. And you should expect that for these kinds of consumer products as well. That said, there's different concerns with each. In respect to cannabis, the, the real question is: is this a crop like corn or sugar or wheat? Or is there a brand name that gets developed like Marlboro did for cigarettes? Uh, back in the day. Um, We haven't really seen any dominant brand that's come through there. So today, these companies really trade like crop companies. And despite the fact that they should see greater and greater revenues uh, in in the out years, um, their margins, if they are commodity companies, are not going to be that great. And so while they've been of interest Um, We've had no investments in these particular areas. The other side would be the gambling side, also an oligopoly. And here we have seen name brands come alive. Um, and, and ones that I'm sure you're familiar with. And you will see four or five players dominate the market. The problem right now is they're spending tons and tons of money to capture and to keep those market sh- that market share. Because they know that once you start on their platform, you're likely to keep using their platform as opposed to moving to someone else. But the extra spending has been exorbitant and the, and the worries about future taxes and future regulation continue to hamper the names. So, again, while of interest and while we do look at them, we don't have any investments in these areas, but we do try to pay attention to every growth area of the market. That's the way we like to approach things. With that, um, that's it for our podcast today. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. I appreciate you listening in. If you have any questions, you can email maampodcasts at macquarie.com. That's M A M podcasts at macquarie.com. Thank you for listening in. Have a great day.
1: This recording is intended for financial professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or a solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Throughout this presentation, various securities and companies are referenced. Examples given are for illustrative purposes only and were not chosen based on performance. This is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principle. All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objectives will be realized or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, you should consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation and needs, and seek advice. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, opinions, and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, Reliance has been placed without independent verification on the accuracy and the completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management is the marketing name for the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. Investment products and advisory services are distributed and offered by and referred through affiliates, which include Delaware Distributors LP, a registered broker dealer and member of the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services are provided by a series of Macquarie Investment Management Business Trusts. Other than Macquarie Bank Limited, none of the entities noted in this podcast are authorized deposit-taking institutions for the purposes of the Banking Act of 1959 from the Commonwealth of Australia. The obligations of these entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank Limited. Macquarie Bank Limited does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these entities unless noted otherwise.